and thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. In this insightful sermon, we are equipped in understanding how to deploy the keys of revelation, discover how to approach the variety of life's challenges using the correct spiritual tools and disciplines, find the right key to deploy your miracle breakthrough. As our faithful partner, don't miss this year's Global Prayer Summit taking place on the 19th to the 22nd of July in Connecticut. Register today at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's word of revelation for you. Be empowered as you listen. Situation and a challenge confronting nations and it's not going to get any better you know one of my spiritual daughters was telling me that she's building a house and the price of cement and iron rungs and everything you know has tripled and she's contemplating whether she should continue without money or just keep going on and I said keep going on for by wisdom a house is built. So keep going on. Tell somebody, keep going on. Keep building. Keep building. And I say, you have to trust God to work with the little you have. Because the price of cement and petrol and everything is not going to get any better as time goes on. Things are going to get worse. And I'm not a doomed prophet. But I have to prepare you and let you know that as much as things are going to get that tough and difficult and hard, you must understand it. You must understand that there are different rules and principles that governs you and I as citizens of the kingdom and as believers. Many years ago, I had a friend who was a diplomat in Ghana and I was in Europe and we were talking during the doomsday time. And I said to him, I said, hey, how is the situation back home? And he said, um, everything is fine. And... Uh, he said, we don't feel anything. I mean, we don't know about dooms or whatever going on. And because we have a 24-hour power standby generator in our office and in our house. It's paid for by the embassy we are taking care of. So we don't feel what you are feeling. And their salary scale is different from our salary scale. They live in Ghana, but they operate by different principles. You and I are in this world, but we are not of this world. Are you hearing me, somebody? And we don't operate by the principles of this world. The children of Israel lived in Egypt. And there was crisis, hardship in Egypt. But it did not touch them. The Bible said there was gross darkness for three days and three nights. Affecting the entire land and citizen of Egypt. But the Bible said that the children of Israel live in a place called Goshen. And they had light when others have darkness. They had abundance when there was scarcity and shortage of food in town. They have abundance. That same covenant and principle and God is the God you and I serve. That same blessing belongs to you and I. If you believe it, put your hands together. And I think that one of the major, major, major problem with the body of Christ is, is the fact that we have misunderstood how the rules works and operate. 
we just finished a 30 days of fast, fasting. And so many people fasted and prayed for financial breakthroughs. And they finished the 30 days of fasting. Some of you even did 40 days. And you still don't have the financial breakthrough. Because you must understand the keys of revelation and how they operate. And how God has set things up. Prayer is a key. Fasting is a key. Praise is a key. Faith is a key. Worship is a key. Giving is a key. Titan is a key. And you got to understand that when it comes to financial abundance and breakthroughs and dominion, prayer and fasting is not in the financial equation. When you fast and you pray, God will give you revelation. He will open doors for you to establish streams of income and to establish businesses, networks. When those doors are open and you work them, then God will increase and bless the works of your hands. Out of that you tithe, out of that you sow, you give. For God giveth bread to the eater and seed to the sower. And one of the mistakes in the church today among believers is we eat the bread and we eat the seed. So when you eat the bread and you eat the seed, at the end of the day when it's time for harvest, you don't have harvest because you haven't operated the principles of the kingdom. Just uh, I remember during the time of the uh, early days of the NBC in Ghana here, uh, we had curfew and the then Canadian ambassador, high commissioner, was a friend of mine and I couldn't go out at a certain time of the night, but he could come to me. He had a diplomatic car with a diplomatic number. He had diplomatic immunity. And whilst there was checkpoints all over, he could come through and come to the airport to visit me. Once a month, we went to Lome to shop, to buy things and come back and we had everything. He was operating in my country. He had the liberty to move around, freedom to move around had diplomatic immunity, the privileges that I didn't have as a citizen. Now, that same privilege, that same privilege is in the kingdom you and I belong to. As citizens of God's kingdom, we have diplomatic immunity. We call it divine immunity. We call it divine provision. We call it supernatural provision. But it works under certain terms. And I've seen believers living holy, sanctified life, righteous, no bitterness, walking forgiveness, no unforgiveness, no bitterness, very humble. They fast and they pray, but they are very broke financially and very poor. Why? They are not operating the principles of the covenant. And the principles of the covenant, when it comes to financial abundance or financial dominion, does not work for you because you are a child of Abraham or because you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus or because you are born again or because you fast and you pray. It has everything to do with working the keys of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping and tithing. Are you hearing me, somebody? Put your hands together and give him praise. Over the years, I've seen believers broke. And I've seen good Christians, very good believers, and they are very broke and they struggle financially till they die because they have this concept and believe that because I'm born again, I will automatically prosper. It doesn't work that way. And I've seen men of God, I've seen men of God, prophets, apostles, archbishops, and, and you name them, who believe that because they are preaching the word, 
and they are men of God, they must prosper automatically. It is not true. It doesn't work that way. You can be a man of God, live a holy life, preach to millions and be broke if you don't learn the principle of tithing and the principle of giving and receiving, you will go to heaven. Let me tell you something. When we get to heaven, a lot of believers will be shocked of their life. You will see blessings that was meant for you when you were here on earth. And it never got to you because you didn't fulfill the terms of the covenant. You didn't work the principles of the covenant. You didn't apply the keys of revelation as it relates to financial abundance and plenty. Take for instance, I live in a house. I have different keys to my house. I have a key to the front door that will not open the bedroom and the guest room and the kitchen and the other room. But that key, when I apply it to the main door, the front door, it will open. But if I take that same key to the bedroom, it will not open. So there are different keys in the kingdom. There are different keys that God has given to you and I in the kingdom that is meant for certain specific issues. For instance, when it comes to long life, the main key for long life here is honoring your father and your mother. That's it. As long as you honor your father and your mother, it shall be well with you and you will live long. It doesn't matter how gifted, how right you are. And it doesn't matter how skillful and how anointed you are. If you honor your father and your mother, the Bible said it shall not be well with you and you will not live long. It's simple as that. It's a principle. You cannot pray your way into long life. You can pray into long life when you have fulfilled all righteousness. Tell somebody, fulfilled all righteousness. I can't hear you. You are acting like you are lukewarm. Tell somebody with some audacity that I need you to fulfill all righteousness. Fulfill all righteousness. So it's very important because there's a generation today that are breaking rules and despising the protocols of the kingdom and they live in assumption thinking that everything is going to work out because you're a believer. No, it doesn't work that way. You can't go around, do whatever you want to do and expect things to work for you. There are rules of engagement, principles that govern this kingdom. Now come with me, if you please, to Genesis chapter 8, reading from verse 20 to 22. Let's look at Genesis 8, 20 to 22. Noah built an altar. Noah built an altar. Unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl. Underline the word clean beast. Clean beast. Every clean beast. He didn't just present anything anyhow to God. He knew the value of the God he was giving to. He knew God's standards and God's demand. God said the cattle on the thousand hills is mine. The silver and the gold is mine. And if I was hungry, I would not even come to you and tell you. Because you don't know what I eat. You don't know my diet. Yeah. So he knew God. He knew the God he was giving to. Now, it's not every offering that God accepts. God has the right to reject certain offering. And if you look at the scriptures carefully as we go along, you will see people whom God literally rejected their offerings. And whenever you give to God, you are not doing God a favor or the church a favor or the archbishop a favor. You are doing yourself a favor. When you plant a seed, you always reap and get more than what you sow. 
But not that only. When you put a seed in the ground and in the soil, you are not doing the ground and the soil a favor. You are doing yourself a favor because the ground and the soil will not reap. At the end of the day, it is the sower that reaps, not the ground and not the soil. If you believe that and you are not lukewarm, put your hands together and shout yes. I said put your hands together and shout yes if you are not lukewarm. Go ahead. And he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Uh -huh. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. The Lord smelled a sweet fragrance. Beautiful, nice perfume. And he provoked God. Today you and I can also do what Noah did. You can put a, a seed on the altar, a sacrifice on the altar that will provoke God, that will cause God to do something out of the ordinary that will blow your mind and change the course of humanity. Put your hands together and give him praise. And the Lord said in his heart, mm -hmm. I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. So God said from his youth, there is evil in his heart. However, because of this sacrifice that has come before me, I will overlook the wickedness of man's heart from the days of his youth. And I'm establishing a new order. And it's an order of showing man mercy. Even though the imaginations of his heart is wicked from his youth. This sacrifice... It's a game changer. I pray for you that you will begin to learn the principles of the kingdom and place upon the altar of God offerings and sacrifices that will be a game changer in your life and a game changer in the life of your children and your family. If you believe it, put your hands together. Give him praise like one that is on fire and not a lukewarm believer. Go ahead. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living. As I have done, uh -huh. while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, cold and, and heat. summer and winter, yes, and day and night shall not cease. That principle is still in motion up to today. As a result of a sacrifice of a man that went before God and provoked God, God established a, a, a law, an order and a protocol that is still in motion and in effect today. He said, as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time will never cease. Which means that what you do at seed time determines what you get at harvest time. You don't get up and harvest anything if you haven't sold something. And the times we live in is times of great farming and scarcity of nations. And if we have ever learned the principles of the kingdom, it's now. And please don't forget, I told you that I've seen preachers, I've seen Christian believers over the years living a righteous life, sanctified life, holy, fasting and prayer. Some of them can fast 40 days, 50 days, but are broke and financially poor. Because they are living with the believing assumption that as long as I'm a believer and I am righteous and I'm living a holy life, God will prosper me. It doesn't work that way. And remember again that prayer and fasting 
is not in the financial equation. It is what you give that determines what you reap. If you are not a sower, if you are not a giver, you never reap. You know, there was a guy called J.C. Penny. And it was said that the guy was a tighter, a heavy tighter. And he got to a point that his tithe became so huge and decided that it was too much to give it to the church. So he started reducing the tithes. He started reducing the tithe to a point that his business went down and he became bankrupt. And he went to the Lord and said, why is this happening to me? And the Lord said, you are holding back. You are in violation of the covenant of the kingdom. So you've given room for the devourer to come in and I can't help you. You got to do right, fulfilling all righteousness. He went back paying the correct tithe. And I'm talking about corporate tithing, the correct tithe, and his business was restored. And he did so well till he passed on. There are principles that works for the citizens of the kingdom when we operate them. And again, like I said, you can't take the key to your main door and go and use it to open your bedroom door. It will not open, even though it's a key. Not every key opens every door. There are keys for specific doors. And when it comes to financial abundance and financial dominion, there are specific keys that God has made available in the kingdom. And it doesn't matter who you are, you stand with God. If you don't apply those keys, deploy those keys, use those keys, work those keys, you love God, fast and pray, and still be broke and lack financial. Your clapping is very suspicious. You are not clapping like a believer. Come with me to Genesis 26 verse 1 and then verse 12 to 14. Look at something. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Uh -huh. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerah. Now watch this. He said there was famine. In the days of Isaac, now Isaac was the seed of Abraham, the seed of our father Abraham. And he said this famine was different from that of the famine in the days of Abraham. So in the days of Abraham, the father of faith, the friend of God, there was famine, but he survived the famine. He did not lack at the time of famine. He was not broke or bankrupt during the time of famine because he understood the principles of the kingdom and he worked it. And if we go along, you will see how Abraham was rich in cattle, in silver, in gold, and was very rich and was loaded and had 318 bodyguards born in his house. How many bodyguards do you have in your house? 318 bodyguards. They were all born in the man's house. He was a city within a city. A nation within a nation. A community within a community. The famine had no power over him. Just like Goshen, the darkness in the land of Egypt had no power over the children of Israel. It doesn't matter the times we live in, the, scatter, the scarcity and the difficulties and the famine. We can live a better life and we can live a life that the famine and the scarcity has no power nor effect on us if you believe it, put your hands together and say yes. You, you have 
have to believe it because the Bible says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory, not according to your bank account, not according to your salary, and also realize not according to your currency, not according to the central bank of your country. Not according to the times or the season you live in. The Bible said, as your days, so shall your strength be. God is under obligation. If we will work the principles of the covenant, and if we will believe and obey, the Bible said, if they shall obey me and serve me, they will live their days and their years in pleasures and in prosperity. That is the word of God. And the Bible says forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Psalm 119 verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. This word is a settled thing. It's not something we negotiate and argue about. It is settled and it will come to you as a benefit if you will work the principles of the covenant because God cannot lie. And this covenant is backed with an oath by a God who cannot lie. He said, I swear by myself, Abraham, that in blessings I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thee and your seed shall be like the stars of heaven and like the seashore and your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. Look at the Jews, wherever they are, in any country, community, city, nation, they possess the financial gates as a result of this promise. Put your hands together and give God praise. Go ahead. Then Isaac sowed in that land uh -huh. and received in the same year an hundredfold. He sowed in the time of scarcity. He didn't hold back. The mathematics and the principle, ladies and gentlemen, of this well is to hold on to what you have in times of famine. Or hold back, hard, save, not give, complain, justify the reason why you should hold on to what you have for, for, for a rainy day. But that is contrary to the principles of our kingdom. The principles of our kingdom is different. The Bible said there is more blessing in giving than receiving. No matter what the situation is. And remember that whenever you sow and you give, you always get back more than what you gave and what you sow. Put your hands together and give God praise. Somebody and, say, I hear you. Go ahead. And the Lord blessed him. Uh -huh. And the man was great and went forward. You see, these are all benefits. He sowed. He did not eat his seed. Tell somebody, don't eat your seed. Don't eat the seed. Don't eat the seed. The seed is for a harvest. I remember Idahosa, my spiritual father in the Lord, used to say something like this. He said, whenever you find yourself in a situation where you have need and what you have cannot meet your need, give to God what you have and believe God to meet the need. It's a good place to put your hands together. Yeah. You need a million CDs. You have a hundred thousand CDs. If you put it together, calculate and plan, it will take you many years in today's economy to get a million CDs. So he said, give the hundred thousand to God, to the ministry, and believe God to supernaturally meet that need. And that is how God operates. When you dare to trust and to believe God in times of castity, he will always show himself as God. Say, I hear you. 
So look at, look at, look at it. Go up, go, go. And the man was great and went forward. He was great. He went forward. Uh -huh. He grew until he became very great. Go ahead. For he had possession of flocks. You see, he wasn't just depending on one stream of income. And that is one mistake with the church. This guy prayed. And as a result of prayer, believing God, and I believe he fasted, God opened other streams of income for him. He didn't depend on one stream of income. And that is the problem of the church. You Listen, in the Garden of Eden, there were four streams. Not one, not two, not three. Four streams in the Garden of Eden. You got to believe God beyond that one stream of income you have to open up for you many other streams of income. Because this guy, he worked so hard and look at the streams of incomes he had. Number one, go ahead. He had possession of flocks. Flocks. And possession of heads. Heads. And a great store of servants. Yes, sir. And the Philistines envied him. The guy became so mega and financial mogul. He went forward, became great. He had many streams of income. And when the enemy attacked one, he had another stream of income. The enemy could not touch him. The enemy could not mess with him. He was loaded on all fronts, many streams of income. Today, I pray for you that you will go beyond one stream of income and that you will begin to operate many streams of income. If you are believing God for many streams of income, put your hands together right now. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. In order to possess many streams of income, you must be determined to work hard. Hear me? People who control this world are always tired. If you are a believer and at the end of the day you are not tired, something is wrong with you. I'm telling you. Like after today, I'll be very tired because I have another service as five. The next generation church. I'm reaching out to the next generation from 40 down. When I got born again, I was in church on Wednesday. I was in church on Friday all night. I was in church Sunday morning service. I was in church Sunday night service. That was my lifestyle. Today, people are serving God on their own terms. We serve God on their own terms, our own terms. But when I got born again, I wasn't serving him at my own terms. I didn't know which of the services would bring my breakthrough. I was desperate for God. So Wednesday service, I was there. Friday all night, I was there. Sunday morning service, I was there. Sunday night service, I was there. I didn't know which one held my breakthrough and my miracle. Today, I pray that you will not be a convenient Christian and you will not serve God on your own terms, but you will serve him on his terms. If you will do that, put your hands together. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Clap your hands like you're on fire and you are not lukewarm. God wants to prosper you, but he can't prosper anything. He will prosper something. And it is when he prospers you, he expects you to give to the ministry. He expects you to tithe to the ministry. But so many believers, Christians, they fast and they pray and they sleep waiting for a breakthrough. When it comes to finances, you can't fast and pray and wait for breakthroughs. You fast, you pray. 
God will give you revelation. He will open doors, show you other streams of income, and you have to work it. And it is when you have worked those streams of income, and he has prospered and blessed the work of your hand, then he expects you to tithe and to give of that. But if you just fast and pray, sitting down, waiting for manifestation or breakthrough, it doesn't happen that way. And I have to tell you the truth. As your father, I just don't preach. Oh. I just don't preach. I do other things. And I've learned to do other things for so many decades now because I understand the psyche of believers. And I tell my children, if you want to work for the Lord, don't depend on the congregation. Don't depend on tithe and offering. Believe God to give you streams of income outside tithes and offerings. Yeah. I am a giver myself. And I believe that I give in this church more than you all. I'm telling you. I give more than you all. You know, when we asked for the mixer, when we asked for the mixer, after the first service, I was looking at what came in. They were counting it. Some of the envelopes have five CDs, 10 Ghana CDs, 20 Ghana CDs. Very, very interesting. And I was standing there and I said, Lord, if they don't meet the need, I will find a way, me and my wife, to provide that income. We will provide that mixer to get a better sound in the house and let the blessing come to me and my seed and my seed seed. Yeah, I don't care. I'll believe God. Because I know the benefit of giving to the house of God. I know the benefit of sowing to the house of God. So if they will not do it and they will pretend and come forward like they are giving and they are really not giving, to cause misrepresentation, to give an impression like, oh, people gave, people gave. So it's all demonic and sabotage. You are working for the enemy, giving an impression to people as if you have given. And meanwhile, you know you haven't given anything. And some of the envelopes are even empty and they still come forward. I don't know who you are working for. Turn to somebody and say, I don't know who you are working for. Tell them, don't disobey me. Tell them. Yeah. Strange people in the church. And I said, I said, I said in my heart, I said, Lord, Bishop Nyako was down. I said, Bishop, you see, you see the game people play. They have no revelation. And I was telling Bishop, I said, if they don't meet the need, me and my wife will find a way to provide that mix up before Easter. To have a good sound in the house. And I'll believe God. And when God blesses me, don't envy me. Yeah, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous of people. Don't envy people because you don't know the price they pay to acquire what they have. Yeah. Clap like you're on fire and not look warm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Isaac live in the same city, in the same community, in the same geographical location, in the same house, among the same siblings. And he was different from others. He was distinguished. They looked at him and said, how come he doesn't look like us? How come he's not looking like one that is going through what we are going through? Because they didn't know the principles and they didn't work it. When the angel of death came into the land of Egypt, he killed all the firstborn of the Egyptian. And the children of the Hebrews leave. The angel of death, the angel of destruction, passed over the dwelling 
of the Hebrews family. Why? Because of the blood of the lamb that was applied at the lentil and the adulpose. If any Egyptian had applied that same blood to their lentil and double, there was a possibility that the angel of death would have passed over. But they didn't have the revelation the children of Israel had. This work is about revelation. It's not about being born again. It's not about speaking in tongues and being a child of God. It's revelation. The keys I'm talking about are revelational keys that when you live your life by them, you can never go wrong. And when others are broke, you will always be blessed and always loaded. I have 43 brothers and sisters. Some of them, some of them are here right now. I am not better than them. Some of them are more educated than I. But I've made up my mind that I will be a sign. I'll be a wonder. I made up my mind long time ago that I will be different. And I'll be different not because I'm better than any one of them. Different by the revelations of the keys of the kingdom. Different by the revelations of the covenant as a citizens of this kingdom. That is what makes me different from others. I am not better than my countrymen. But what distinguishes me from others is walking by the revelations of this kingdom. And I understand that not every key opens every door. That there are specific keys for specific doors. And when it comes to financial abundance and financial dominion and not lacking and wanting financially. Listen, I live in Ghana here like you. The other day I almost fought my executive secretary. I just given them money the week before for food. She came back and said, we need more money. I said, you need more what? Didn't I just give you money last week? He said, Papa, you don't understand. Prices of everything have changed. And I said, Dad, what are you talking about? This money I gave you, we used to live on it for a whole month. Now you're telling me the same money week after week. I, I don't buy this. He said, Papa, I'm just telling you. And I know the girl, she cannot lie. She said, let me tell you the prices. She started giving. And I said, what? So I just said to myself, you know something? Instead of getting angry and having an attitude and beating somebody who doesn't deserve to be beaten, let me just increase my faith. Are you hearing me, somebody? Tell somebody, increase your faith, increase your faith. And believe God for more streams of income. The way things are going and the economy of the nations are going, not just Ghana, you can't depend on one stream of income again. Like Isaac, he had many streams of income. And I pray that through your fasting and your prayer, coming to Wednesday service, coming to Friday all night, and joining the next gem church, you the next generation, that God will give you keys and revelation and ideas to many, many streams of income that you have many streams of income to pull from. If anybody believe it, put your hands together. Shout yes. The Bible says, he that does not work must not eat. So, it's very dangerous. Now, I'll show you some scriptures. You realize that in the time of famine, God never told anybody or any prophet giving an instruction to anybody to fast and pray. No. All night prayer meeting doesn't produce money. I believe in all night prayer meeting. And I pray all night. Yeah. I pray all night. I pray all night. Because I know what prayer can do. And I know what prayer does. But I know that when it comes to financial abundance and dominion, 
is not in the prayer and fasting equation. It's a whole other thing. And I'm a dangerous sower. I show to my own head. And because of the way I show and I give, people have an impression that I'm sitting pretty. Keep thinking that for me. Keep thinking that for me. Thank you very much for thinking that I'm sitting very pretty. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Yeah. Put it together. That, that is for me. That is for me. Sitting pretty. Very loaded. Thank you for that mentality. We don't give because we have. We give because it is part of fulfilling all righteousness. We give because that is the only way we secure and guarantee the harvest of the future and the harvest of tomorrow. When we stop giving, we stop our harvest. That's why God gives you bread to eat and seed to sow so you can continuously have a harvest and the harvest is in the seed. And if you eat that seed, you have no harvest. Come with me. Look at 1 Kings 17 and 13. 1 Kings 17 and 13. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. You see, stop there. The reason why a lot of people hold on to what they have, hold back, justify why they shouldn't so, give, tithe is fear. They are afraid of the unknown. They hold on to what they have for a rainy day. Hear me, as long as you live, may I submit this to you on authority that the world and the nations and the economies of this world are not going to get any better. I'm just telling you. They're never going to get any better than they are right now. But God will make a way for his own like the children of Israel in the wilderness. When they left Egypt, the, the size of their shoes was the same. And for 40 years, there was no more shop right or any of the malls you hear of in the world. There was none in the wilderness. But as they grew, their shoe grew. Their dresses grew with them. God gave them water out of the rocks and fed them with angels' food. Are you hearing me, somebody? If need be, God will feed us with angels' food. If need be, God will give us water from the rocks. Say yes. Do you know what rock represents? Rock. A rock, a stone. A very hard and difficult situation and circumstance. And God said, even in the midst of a very tight, difficult situation, like a rock, I can make a way because I am a way maker. I make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. If you believe that, put your hands together, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Rock out of, water out of rock. That is how hard, tough, difficult the situation is. And God said, if you fulfill the terms of my covenant, I can do anything because I'm God by myself. I am Adonai. I am Elohim. I make something out of nothing. I'm God by myself. I'm the creator. Are you clapping somebody? Elijah said to the woman, he said, woman, your last meal is not your bread. 
If you eat it, you and your son will die. And I'm saying this to so many of you. If you don't begin to sow and you keep holding on to the little you have, something will go wrong with you. I'm telling you. Don't eat it. So, sow out of that little. See what God will do. And the prophet said, woman, you are a widow. God could have sent me to the king of Israel or to Jezebel that have plenty and abundance. But God sent me to you because the only way God can preserve you and your son and keep you alive is for you to sow out of your poverty and out of your little. God does not want you to die. That's why I've been sent to you to sow out of the little. If you don't do something with the little you have and you eat it and you keep holding on to it, you and your son will die. So the prophet said, give me first to eat. Yeah. Tithes and giving is under the law of first things. See, the law of first things. Yeah. In the book of Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth and everything you can see. And God said to man, all this you see, I created it for you. You can have it all. But there's one thing in the garden you can't touch. It represents my honor. When you see this tree and the fruit thereof, it will remind you that I am your source and the source of all things, that I am the creator. Don't touch it. The day you touch it, you dishonor me. You'll be separated from me. And man still said, everything God has given is not enough. I still want God's best. I want to touch God's honor. And God said, okay, you want everything, including what is mine, you are out. And that's the problem of man today. We want everything, including God's honor. We touch everything, including his honor. We don't want to honor him. When you tithe, it's a statement of honor. And it's a recognition that God is your source. That is the source of your business and everything you own and possess. I have spoken to people in this church for 30, 40 years about corporate titan. And they argue with me and I stop it. I don't, I don't argue. I don't argue. I leave it alone. Because until they have the revelation, it will be unnecessary. So I leave it alone. And I never want anybody to say that me, Nukuvi, Nakwebi, or me, Kwame, Nicholas, Duncan Williams, I'm preaching for money. Because that has never been my reason for preaching. From the days of old to now, I've always told my children, don't depend on tithes and offering. Believe God for other streams of income. And God will prosper you. Tithe, give to the ministry. And watch and see what God will do with your life. And God has not failed me yet. I have no complaint so far. He hasn't failed me yet. I don't have billions and millions like others. But I don't beg for bread. I have never lacked nor wanted for anything. Put your hands together. Give him praise, somebody. It's true. Oh, yes. It's true. God's wonderful promise. True. I've trusted and tested and tried. And I know his promise is true. You will never know that his promise is true if you don't prove him, if you don't test him, if you don't try him. I've tested, tested and tried it. And I know. 
His promise is true. Yeah, it's true. Oh yeah, it's true. Oh, God's wonderful promise is true. Hey, I've trusted and tested and tried it, and I know His promise is true. Listen, this promise is true. I was talking to a, a young man the other day. I haven't seen him in church for some time. And I said, where have you been? So I go to a certain church around the area. And I said, find out who trained that guy whose church you are attending. Find out where he got his inspiration from. And I said, something is wrong with you. To leave the source where he came from, to go there. He said, stream from the main river. And I said, something is wrong with you. You are leaving the father and the mother to join your brother. The coat of many colors don't come from brothers and sisters. It's come from fathers. I said, you are impressed by the coat of many colors he's using in the church. But that coat of many colors he's using, your father gave it to him. So find out from whence he came and don't be fooled. Are you clapping somebody? Clap like you're on fire. Clap like you are not lukewarm. Clap and say something. Hallelujah. Say yes. Say yes. Now, come with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 and 2. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Yes, sir. Thy servant, my husband, is dead. Mm -hmm. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. Uh -huh. And the creditor is come to He take feared the Lord. He was a prophet, but he died broke. Tell two people, I will not die broke. I will not die broke. In the name of Jesus. I won't die broke. When it's time for me to leave, I will be so loaded. And I have so much to live, not just for my children, but grandchildren and great-grandchildren and generations to come. And I will live so much for the church and the ministry also. Come on, somebody. Are you clapping? He was a prophet. He served the Lord. He was righteous. He was holy. But he died broke. Go ahead. And the creditor is come uh -huh. to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Uh-huh. And Elijah said unto her, yes, sir. What shall I do for thee? Realize the prophet didn't say, I'm declaring fasting and prayer. Realize the prophet didn't say, Is your mother or grandmother the witches in your family who are responsible for this condition? Or the witches of your husband's family? They are responsible. He didn't say that. Listen to what the prophet said. So tell said. me, what hast thou in the house? He said, God has to work with something. What have you to give to God to work with? You have to give God something to work with. God doesn't work with nothing. He works with something. Turn to somebody and say, you have something. Tell them, you have something. Tell them, you have something. You got something. You got something. Uh -huh. You are despising what you have in the house. But there is something in your house. There is a blessing in your house. There is a blessing in this house. Don't despise what you have. There is a blessing in this house. Tell two people there is a blessing in this house. 
Yeah, there's blessing in this house. Go ahead. And she said, Van handmaid have not anything in the you house. You see, that is the mentality. I don't have anything. In terms of scarcity, we always don't have anything. We despise and look down on what we have. But hear me, God will give you what you need through what you have. So whenever you think about what you don't have, think about what you have because everybody has something. Put your hands together if you believe you have something. Go ahead. Thine handmaid have not anything in the house uh -huh. save a pot of oil. Save a pot of oil. And the prophet said that is okay for God. It doesn't matter how little it is. It's a seed. The prophet said all you need is a seed. That's all you need. Tell somebody, that is all you need. A seed. A seed. And a seed can be tiny and little, but within the seed is a harvest. And the prophet said, all you need is a seed because God needs to have something to work with. You have to give God something to work with. And it's not enough to just fast and pray. God is not just going to work. Your fasting and your prayers will open a door for you. Your fasting and your prayer will make a way. But you have to work it now. You work it from there. It will show you many streams of income, but you got to apply wisdom and you work it. And God, through the revelation of fasting and prayer, will show you streams of income and you begin to work it. You work hard. I work very hard. Most of the time, when it's time for me to go to bed, I'm tired. I'm very tired. Sometimes, Sunday, I work up to 1 a.m., as I'm talking to you, I have many messages. Yesterday, I have to develop about five messages. Tonight, at five o'clock, I have a service with the next generation. It's a different service. This week, I have different programs, services, and different messages. I have to apply myself. Most times, I get tired. Hear me, the people who rule this world are always tired. Lazy people, hear me. It is lazy, it is simple, and very easy to be broke and to be poor, but it is not easy to be loaded. Loaded people work hard. So don't just pray and fast and go to sleep. After fasting and prayer, you have to work. Because by fasting and prayer, God will show you and give you revelation how to make money. I was talking to one of my daughters the other day. She used to work for me. She's now doing whole business. And said, Papa, it's not easy to make money. And I said, girl, welcome to the equation. Welcome to the jungles. You are now growing. I'm now proud of you. Yeah. Because now she's not depending on salary. She has to create money for herself. That's right. Until you start creating, you haven't yet begun. Yeah. See, I hear you. Put your hands together and give God praise. Come with me to Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. There is that scattereth mm -hmm. and yet increaseth. Mm -hmm. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. Yeah. The liberal soul shall be made fat. The liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered also. If himself. you don't water others, you will not be watered. If you are not liberal and generous, you will not be made fat. Stingy people never go anywhere. I've seen people loaded but stingy. 
And let me tell you something. Poverty is a mentality. Tell two people, poverty is a mentality. Yeah. I've seen people loaded. You go to their house and you see poverty everywhere. Their chair is poor. Their ceiling is poor. Their door is poor. The glass they give you water with is poor. Even the water they serve you is poor. And yet they are loaded. But they are broke. Why? It's a scarcity mentality. Somebody say, talk to me. The Libra soul shall be made what? Come on. Shall be made what? Fat. And he that watereth shall be what? Watered. He said, I have seen people holding back. Holding on. Not seeding. Not giving. Not sowing. Not tithing. And yet, they hold on to even more than they should hold on to. And it turns into poverty. They become poor and broke with all that. And I've seen those who in the midst of scarcity, they keep on believing and keep on sowing. And generous. Generosity will take you far. Consistency in everything you do would make you a master and better and an upper hand. Consistency will make you a master. It will make you better in everything you do. If you keep saying no to sin, you will end up having dominion over sin. Consistency in saying no, 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 no to the devil or to anything will make you a master thereof and better in that area. Keep being consistent. A lot of people get discouraged, frustrated, and they stop sowing and giving and they find other avenues. Hear me, there is no other way to have financial abundance and dominion in Christ. Trust and obey for there is no other way yeah, to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Trust and second opinion. Elijah said the other day, he said for too long we are torn between two opinions. And let the God that answer by fire be God. We are torn between too many opinions. And when it comes to tithing, too many arguments about it. And especially corporate tithe. When Abraham gave to Melchizedek, that wasn't a personal tithe. That was a corporate tithe. He had gone to war, fighting nations, different kings, and he went with 318 born soldiers trained in his own house, armed, and they fought a battle, and he came back with the booty of the battle. That was a corporate effort that was made. And he gave the corporate tithe to Melchizedek. I've seen people who have fought and argued with me over the years about corporate tithe. They rather pay themselves something and from the business 
and not pay corporate tax. Then they tell you why the loss of Ghana. They give excuse. I don't see anything. I just leave it alone. I don't touch it. My job is not to argue with you. The word of God is not negotiable. It's not negotiable. I leave it alone. And I've seen them as the years go by, they've been diminished. You see? And I'll show you people who tight from poverty to prosperity. The first billionaire of the world, Rockefeller, was a tighter. And he started tightening as a young kid. I'll show it to you. Put it on the screen when it's time. And you see, a lot of people tight, personal tight, but they don't tight on their businesses. So they are personally, there is a record in heaven that they are tightest. And heaven will open the windows of heaven on them. But your business will never experience the blessing of God because there is no record in heaven that your business tithes. Come with me to Hebrews 7, 8. Look at something there. It will change your life. If this doesn't change you, you are not born again. And here men that die receive tithes. Men what? That die, they receive tithes. Uh -huh. But there he receiveth them mm -hmm. of whom it is witness that he liveth. So there is a witness and a record here. Men who die receive the tithe. But there, Jesus takes record. He goes on record in heaven that you are tithing on your business. And you personally. So there is a record in heaven that your business recognizes God as a source. And you yourself, you are tithing. Jesus is a witness of that fact. And there's a record of it. So if you're not a tighter and you don't tight personally and you don't tight on your business, there is no record in heaven where your business is concerned or where you are concerned. Now, fasting and prayer will keep you safe. You overcome the devil. You live a victorious life. You get to heaven. But as long as you're on earth, you never have financial dominion and abundance. You can be quiet. It doesn't matter. Somebody must tell you as it is. And I'm going to tell you. Because I have the spiritual and the moral responsibility to tell you the truth. Whether you take it or that is your business. See, I hear you. Come with me to Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah 33, 20 to 22. And then we'll come to 23 to 26. Thus saith the Lord. Uh -huh. If you can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night. Look at, look at this. This scripture huh, is too much for me. Tell somebody, it's too much for me, it's too much for me. God found a man by the name of David. And look at the extent to which God went with a man. Born of a woman like you and I. By the name of David, look. If you can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, yes, sir. and that there should not be day and night in their season, uh -huh. then may also my covenant be broken with David my servant. Can you believe that? That he should not have a son to reign upon his throne. And with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. Tell somebody you have a covenant with God. Tell somebody God has a covenant with you. God has a covenant with you. And God said, this covenant I have with David is sure. It's a sure covenant, and it's a covenant between me and him and his seed after him. That if you can't break my covenant with the day and the night, if you can't break my covenant with the elements of the heavens, then let not my covenant with my servant David be broken. Go to verse 23 to 26. Look at something. Moreover, the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, 
Considerest thou not what these people have spoken? The people were talking. There was a speculation going around. The same. There was some situation with David and David's children. And people started questioning God's covenant with David and God's promise that look at his children, look at him, look at what's going on with his children. Can the things God has said come to pass? So the word of the Lord was at stake. They were questioning God's word and the knowledge of God's word about David and his children and with all the mess going on in his family. And God said, let me respond to this speculation and lies going on. Go ahead. They say the two families which the Lord has chosen. Which the Lord have chosen. He has even cast them off. Yeah. They say, you know something? It doesn't look like God is with these people. Though. God has forsaken this guy. Because God can't be with him. For all these things happening to him and his children and his family, something is wrong. God has forsaken him. And God said, let me answer you. It says, thus they have despised my people, uh -huh. that they should not, there should be no more a nation before me. That's right. it. Thus saith the Lord. God said, this is my response. If my covenant be not with the day and night. Yeah. And he if, said, if my covenant with the day and the night can change. And if I have not appointed the ordinances of the heaven and earth. Yeah. If I have not appointed the stars, the moon, Pleiades, Aturos, Orion, the zodiacs, the stars of the heaven. And if I have not put a perpetual decree on the boundaries of the earth between the water and the land, that the sea cannot proceed any further. And if it is not so, then let what I have purpose. Then will I cast away the seed of Jacob uh -huh. and David my servant, yes, sir. so that I will not take any of his seed to be rulers over the seed, the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For I will cause their captivity to return yes, sir. and have mercy on them. That is God's response to the challenges of his servants and the seed of his servant. That is God's response. Go ahead. Are you clapping? Haggai chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, uh -huh. Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. God said, I am the one shaking the nations. You know why he's shaking the nations? Because too many people have put their confidence and their trust in silver and in gold. And not in the creator of silver and gold. And God said, these people, I will show them. I will shake all things. And at the end of the day, they will know that the silver and the gold is mine. I created it. The cattle on a thousand hills are mine. I will shake all things when nothing will stand anymore. Except those who put their trust and confidence in me. I will shake all things. And that which cannot be shaken shall remain. And it's only those who put their confidence and their trust in me that will stand and endure in times of scarcity and difficulty. I will shake all things. Yeah. Banks, major banks in America are collapsing. Developed countries, developed countries are collapsing. Here in Ghana and Africa, 
we call ourselves third world countries. So don't even talk about us. We're talking about the developed countries. Things are falling apart because men have put their confidence in the arm of flesh. The Bible says, curse is he that puts his trust in the arm of flesh. But blessed is he that trusted in the Lord. Thank God for those of you who trust in the Lord. Put your hands together if you trust in the Lord. Clap your hands like you're on fire and you are not lukewarm. Hallelujah. Are you clapping? You know, I was telling somebody after the first service, I said, if you look at Genesis 27, you can read it when you go home. Rebecca called Jacob and said, Jacob, when you were in my womb, you and your brother Esau, there was a conflict within me. There was a fight going on inside of me. And I went to the Lord and I said, what is going on? And the Lord said, there are two nations inside of you. And the youngest shall possess the blessing. And the mother said, I heard your father Isaac talking to Esau to go prepare venison. Now let me give you a key. All of you believers across the world, hear me. At the end of the day, it wasn't the prophecy that determined who got the blessing. It was the venison that determined who got the blessing. And the mother said, my son, this is not the time to fast and pray. There are rules of engagement. And in this particular situation, you are not going to get the blessing because the prophecy came that it will come to you. The venison, what you do about the prophecy is what will determine who gets it. And the mother said, I understand the rules of engagement and how God operates. The blessing doesn't come from brothers and sisters nor even mothers. It comes from the father. Those of you who follow brothers and follow nephews and not the fathers, you missed it. And the mother said, I am a mother, but the key to release this blessing is with the father. And he said, she said, this is not the time to fast and pray. This is not the time of warfare or intercession. This is the time to understand the rules of engagement, the key. You must apply this particular key to bring venison. That is what will determine who gets the blessing. And he says, son, you don't have time. So go to your father's backyard. Bring one of the lamb. I will prepare venison such as he loves. You will disguise yourself and go like Esau and present the venison to him. And when he has eaten and his soul is satisfied, he will bless you. And that was what determined who got the blessing. And when Esau came and the father, Isaac said, who are you? He said, your firstborn. He said, what, 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 what? First what? Firstborn, Esau. And he said, who came here before you? Who came here? Who brought me the venison? And he said, my son, I've given the blessing to him. He said, Father, is there nothing left for me? And Isaac said, as a matter of fact, I have made him Lord over you. And he said, the only key I have for you is this. 
It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. When you can't take it anymore, when you can't take it anymore, you will break. You will break his yoke. Then shall thou have dominion when you can't take it anymore. Some of you, the reason why your situation hasn't changed is because you can't take it. It's because you are comfortable living with it. But there come a time when you can't take it anymore. When you become desperate for change, change will come. Put your hands together and give God praise for change. It's not the prophecy that determines who got the blessing. It was the venison. It was the venison. There are things venison can do that fasting and prayer can do it. It's part of the equation. It's part of the principles of the kingdom. Somebody say, I hear you. We know you are blessed by that word of God. And look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven three six one five one 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 once again thank you for joining the archbishop today and may you continue to experience the life transforming power of god's blessings <laughs>